0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Guys, Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasberry.
1: This is Frank Pelican.
0: You are listening to episode 202 of the podcast, and tonight we start our ignominious journey through the universe of Saul. Um, so, Frank, my first question for you is why?
1: Because you wanted to? I don't know.
0: No, that's revisionist history, sir. Well, um, I said I wanted to do a journey,
1: and you said let's just do Saul. Yeah, but we had talked about it before. I don't know. Who knows? Who can remember? Okay, it'll be funny.
0: <laughs> Let's hope. Um,
1: <clears throat> I already watch. I don't feel like I'm watching enough bad movies. I guess maybe I don't. Right?
0: Know. Like you're you're bringing the chagrin universe into the primary podcast universe.
1: It's
2: true.
0: It's <sighs> true. It's damn true. Um. So before we get into talking about Saw, which is going to be the primary, Saw 1 in 2004, which is the primary focus of the night, I wanted to talk a little bit about this universe uh, from a historical perspective, I suppose. And I think you working at the theater, you have a hell of a lot more perspective than me Mm -hmm. during this time period about these things um, and just your general knowledge of horror. So is this really... It feels like when I read about it, people say that this is like kind of like a like a historical juggernaut type thing that really boosts the horror industry, yeah, um because of its success on such a low budget. Is that true,
1: do you think? I think this movie is just as important as Scream in terms of like its place in making horror like a like a profitable genre I guess or mm-hmm. a genre that at least people were willing to take chances on um, There's, it's not necessarily one that inspired I think I don't know how to say it like whereas I think Scream probably inspired like a generation of the whole meta like the horror filmmaking I think saw inspired a lot of really like low budget direct to video um, non-tongue-in-cheek <laughs> filmmaking, you know, like, mm-hmm. just absolutely um, eyes straight at the camera, like, earnest, like, crash horror, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> Can
0: you think of an but, example of what you mean by that?
1: Uh, I mean, I, okay, so I watched a movie... I can't remember what it's called. It had Robert Englund in it. Hmm. It's called like the the Fear Maker or something like that. I can't even remember. Okay, but it's just it's this movie that's like a step above. It it's something you would have seen in like the early nineties that I guess kind of fell out of fashion in terms of like real studios making them. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. Like there was all these f- forever. There was all these movies that were like released by a major studio that had a middling budget would get like a couple of stars that were sort of like sort of fading from their like you know prime into mm-hmm. the realm of like lower budget but still recognizable where like you see him you're like oh yeah that that guy um and then you know they put together something that was watchable if not like not ne- not Terrible, but not like you know, great, just kind of like middling. I don't know, just all kinds of stuff that, um, all mm. kinds of movies like that. I'm trying to think of like, 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 like Bats mm. or like, um, oh, Scream, not, not Screamers, maybe that's that the Screamers, I think, is a good example. Um, uh, like, it's something that Dean Koontz, like, inspired by, like, Hideaway, you know,
0: sure, sure,
1: um. And there was tons of that forever. And then they really stopped making money and they kind of I don't know if they stopped making them, but they were make they made them less. But then Saw showed that you could release a movie that was R and appealed to like a wide range of people and was just kind of like like the popcorn movie of horror movies, you know? Where mm-hmm. it was just something that somebody could it was engaging enough where, like, an adult could watch it. It wasn't just, like, the PG-13, like, Darkness Falls or something like that. Right. Um, and would make a lot of money and didn't cost a lot of money to make. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was... So, one of the things you had me do, and I don't know if I'm, like, breaking order here or whatever, but you had me watch the short film that this was based on. Yes. Um, I don't know if you know or if you remember, like, how like buzz saw was before it came out i mean there was so much talk about james wan and this movie um the like minimalist you know genius of two men trapped in a room together that they don't know how they got there trying to figure their way out i mean it was like box office magazine and um all like the i don't know screen not not screen rant, that's the thing, but um like CineFX and Box Office magazine and Fengora, like they were like super hype and saw before it came okay. out as a big thing in horror. Mm-hmm. Um and I was so excited to see this movie. Mm-hmm. I completely misinterpreted what was going to happen. I thought it was going to be Carrie Ulis and then Danny Glover chained together in a room with the the um pretense of them one of them has to like, like basically kill the other one to to escape, mm-hmm. um, which is not at all. Like obviously what happens in the first saw, right. but um, it just, I mean, it was exciting. Like here's this embracing of hard R, like it's not like watered down, you know, it's not ironic, like tongue in cheek, because at that point we were even kind of burned out on like the whole scream idea. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. And and the thing,
0: and the thing is, I mean, to to its credit, right? I mean, watching that short film, so I mean if people don't know like the history behind this, Juan and Lee Wynnell come up with this idea and they, you know, um uh of like basically like a, a drawing room horror kind of thing, like a tense situation between two characters to keep it like the budget low. Um, and they come up with this idea of two guys chained in a bathroom with a dead body in between them. And um they end up like filming a short on spec. With Juan directing and the short eventually is what ends up securing them funding for this movie Um, and they secure a pretty hefty amount um, for themselves in funding and it convinces the producers to give them full creative control share of the profits etc um they also do some deals with some of the major stars like elvis and um glover and uh, you know what's her name monica potter like where they get some like extra money like you know based on the success of the movie um and to their credit and to the shorts credit the shorts i what did you think of the short i thought the short actually was pretty good i, I understand why they got some funding
1: yeah it's more effective than the entirety of the movie because it keeps it it keeps it like tense, like it's just telling you. And to his credit, like he recognizes like how powerful it is, and he reuses it like almost like B for B in the the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still have some problems with it, and we'll get into my problems with James Wan and Saw in general. But sure. black and white, much more effective, you know, really effective, like just lasts long enough. Last long enough to show you that the pretense of Saw is better than the execution of Saw, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's what that short is, is it's basically the essence of Saw boiled down into a single, you know, seven minute reel, and that's really all that you need to understand what eventually became an eleven movie franchise or whatever.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I thought
1: it was fine. I thought it was it reminded me of like watching like the, the Tarantino like short films that eventually got released from like when he was young.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, I I was actually surprised when I watched it. Um because I mean, I think it's a I think it's a fascinating concept and I understand why people were interested in the concept of it. I think it's a I think it's a strong concept um initially. Like two guys, you know, wake up not knowing what's going on. They're both chained. You got to escape and you got to like basically like, you know, like, like you said, like kind of like kill each other. or One has to kill the other in order to escape. Right. I think it's a good concept. Um, I'm not saying it's a good story that's told, but it's a good concept. And I think it's a really intriguing. one. Um, so seeing that short film, knowing the general concept, I can see why they got the money. And I think they probably deserve the money um, to to try it. But um yeah, in terms of the movie itself, we'll get into that. Um so this launches the career of James Wan. Um, this is the only one that he actually directs. Uh James Wan. They only saw a movie. Um he ends up being, I think, a co writer on one and producer on all the rest of them. But um given his a notable success i mean like uh financially in terms of like his movies um how do you feel about them i know you're not a big fan of juan in general
1: i mean i would argue that james juan is like both the savior of and destroyer of like modern art in a lot of ways like he's whatever like an alpha and omega or something <laughs> because the guy has really good ideas i mean if you look at his movies they're filled with like he's kind of like George Lucas, right? Like, he's a guy that's got, like, the best ideas and the worst execution of his own ideas because he can't, like, he just can't get out of his own way. Like, he's full of excess. But I think that people recognize the ideas and are kind of drawn to them mm-hmm. and in some ways sort of forgive, like, I'll I'll liken it to this. I was reading a yeah. uh, reddit thread today and not to spill into spin chagrin category Mm -hmm. but I was reading a reddit thread today about why is attack why is revenge of the sith the whatever zennials favorite movie of the Mm -hmm. star wars like Mm -hmm. when they talk about it that's the one they go to right and I think this is the reason why I think because like they're so much more enamored with the idea of something because a lot of things that they're drawn to are very DIY in terms of like you know their peer group like just kind of getting a iphone and filming themselves doing something that they're much more willing to forgive like technical lapses or poor writing or Mm -hmm. like maybe like goofy execution as long as the idea is there and i think that juan is pretty masterful when it comes to like the idea just like i would argue that george lucas is pretty genius when it comes to like the idea of things you know Mm -hmm. like his overarching vision is one that's, like, worthy of, like, you know, study. But then when you distill, when it's, like, him actually, like, creating the thing, like, it just lacks so much because is another good example. Like, it's a person who just can't edit themselves, you know? Like, they don't know mm-hmm. how to, like, make their own thing better. And I think that if, like, you gave the, the concept of Saw to somebody else... right so i I don't want to jump ahead into actually talking about the movie. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's really it's the opening minutes of salt in the room with the guy in the bathtub and the light coming on right mm-hmm. and in two minutes of this movie opening, Juan's already done like forty two obnoxious jump cut shaky cam shits, yeah. Around the body, instead of building the tension of the scene and allowing the camera to, like, take in everything slowly, he's got to, like, shake you all over the fucking place and just completely ruin, like, the dread of that circumstance, right? Like, that's a Mm -hmm. horrifying circumstance, and it feels like I'm watching a goddamn REM video, like, (laughs) within 180 seconds, you know? Right, right, right. Terrible, like that's really bad execution to a really brilliant concept. Yeah, and I think that's what that's kind of what epitomizes juan as like a a creator is like brilliant concept, but just like laughable. Yeah, but I think some people don't care. You know, I think some people are.
0: And he does calm down a little bit the latter part of his career here, but we know like in terms of some of that, like not all of it, but um. With the conjuring movies and stuff like that, they're a little bit more classically filmed at times, I there's suppose. Hmm?
1: I hate most of them too.
0: Yeah, the first one's fine. Um and, it's, okay.
1: it's, yeah. it's still got fat ghosts.
0: <laughs> it does, it does have that ghosts. Um, so in terms of genre then, um, there's one, but there's also like this appeal to this kind of like I guess torture porn type stuff. Um that this seems to not that it's the first, but it certainly it was is it an introduction to America of like some of these things, like some of these ideas of torture porn?
1: Like like American made kind of? I don't know that I considered Saw One to be Torture Porn.
0: Well right. It's certainly the sequels that start taking on more yeah. elements. But the, the 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 foundation is there. Is it the first the I mean, you have, one, like, like some... the the mask, right? Like, I mean, like you know, that's gonna like rip open somebody's head, and like the yeah, drills, yeah. and there's the razor wire, like uh, there's all those things in the first one. But they don't just show; they don't. It's not like graphic so much, right? Um, the first one, the graphicness starts coming later.
1: Um, uh, other movies that do similar things, but sure, like in terms of mainstream, like modern horror, like yeah, that's that's the progenitor, I guess, of the idea of that. Is like there anything the set else piece is the, the key, which is what hostel ends up becoming like the real right whatever like father of
0: yeah so is there anything else beyond juan juan's success and like kind of the torture porn elements that you see in terms of the horror genre being influenced by this movie at all mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's you have the serial killer aspect too, or Mm -hmm. but also like the serial killer is anti hero aspect, kind of where it's like, are you rooting for him? Or the problem,
0: and I definitely want to get into that. Like, so here's another narrative uh, issue
1: with Juan, and I don't know that it's his fault, but it's like it's the same problem that. Like Zack Snyder has, is it's this weird, almost like incelish, like bro mindset of like the moral outsider is hero. Does that like right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Where sure. It's like yep. the embracing of the idea of this person that despises normal society and wants to punish like the beautiful or handsome or successful. You know, like. Why is it fair? Like why don't you appreciate what you have? Blah, blah, blah. Like fucking neckbeard bullshit. That's a, like the central point of people that consider Jigsaw to be like some kind of like hero of sorts, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like I, I think that's epitomized by like people that embrace um raw we and we we've just recently talked about this, like people that embrace like Raw Shark. In Watchmen, right? Sure. Like, yep. that's not the hero of Watchmen. But that's the person that, you know, those those type embrace. And it's sure. like... I mean, Jigsaw's... Like, number one, Jigsaw's an idiot. Like, it's not even, like, clever. Or his reasoning is just, like, stupid. Yeah. Like, oh, this man tried to kill himself. Let's put him in a fucking cage of razor wire.
0: Right. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely, like, perceived moral shortcomings of some sort right it's it's not like like not everybody is actually has
1: these like like it's it's very subjective to jigsaw's way of thinking this this man committed insurance fraud let me coat him in fucking (laughs) paraffin and burn his yes right right like right i don't know if the i don't know if that really is like the punishment fitting the crime jigsaw
0: Sure. It's and it's he's a,
1: a whiny bitch too. Anyway, whatever. It's
0: a complex. It, well, it's a complex thing because I mean ultimately I think the I, I don't know. I think the movie feels like I guess I don't know what they were trying to make you call. They feel like they're trying to get you to root for Jigsaw though. Um, but well, let's let's just get into the movie because it feels like we're heading there anyway. Um, and if anything comes up about influence. We'll continue with it but um so we're just going to focus on 2004 saw like the very first one tonight um for this episode um so if you haven't seen it in 20 years um no that's interesting that's 20 years i didn't realize that um
1: yeah you did that's why we're doing it
0: no 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 you you're you are creating you're 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 like AI, you're like hallucinating facts. Um, there was there was nothing about sobbing 2004, like nothing. Um, unless I got drunk on the 2004 horror podcast, possibly by the end, it said something about like you know it'll be 20 years, um, and then that could be true. So the movie opens up if you haven't seen it in a long time with Doctor Lawrence Gordon, which is the Carrie Elwes character, um, and Adam is his name. I don't even know. I don't even think I've watched it twice in the past month, and I don't remember his name being Adam. But they wake up in a bathroom. They don't have any memory how they got there. They're both chained by the ankle. Um, They find through tape recorders that they're part of this game devised by J- the Jigsaw killer, which you learn more about through the course of the film as two detectives are investigating like the murders from Jigsaw. He's like punishing these people for their, you know, whatever, for their morality or like their bad life choices in his view. Um, and it all like leads up to like, you know, eventually like in the bathroom, like everybody knows the famous scene, which we need to talk about in detail of Gordon um sawing off his leg with a hacksaw um, in order to get to a gun and shoot at him in order to save his family who's being held hostage. Um, <clears throat> what can you say positive about this movie beyond some credence to the concept?
1: I think the movie generally works okay until about... 50 minutes in roughly where it kind of falls apart through acting and script and just general like plot contrivances Mm -hmm. so i i I think up until they reveal that danny glover like survived his throat slashing and is now like obsessed right with like basically pinning the jigsaw killings on Lawrence gordon the Eulis character Mm -hmm. um and then Glover's performance, number one, is just, like, an atrocity. one of the worst, like, performances that man's ever put to film. Um, it, hilarious. It's, it's funny. Um, But just, like, it goes from being this small, tight movie that's inherently just about two men feeling each other out and, like, trying to understand, like, what's happened to them to just being this ridiculous, almost like chase action-y, like bullshit set piece movie that mm-hmm. doesn't even really make any sense. Um, And also doesn't really like, I don't ever feel like Jigsaw is justifiably justified in what he's doing. And I think that once like all the like plot lines are like the threads are revealed or whatever, it's just as like lame as fucking Bell Lagosi screaming like pull the strings or whatever and goddamn <laughs> playing knife from outer space. It's like all right, jigsaw, like boo hoo, you uh-huh. know he had fucking cancer, you fucking right. prick. Right. Like, what is life? Um,
0: and shit, we don't even know that at this point, right? Like, you know that, like that's not we don't find that, that out until okay. the second one, right? Right. That that's the same. Like, it's too. like it's, it's like an absence. Yeah, of like it's like you just know a name and what he's kind of been doing like you don't even really get the jigsaw character in this movie. It's just. It, it's a problem, I think. So, like with I
1: was thinking about this because I watched I watched the first three of these movies. Two and a half months ago, two months ago, like right around mm. when I went to the last time. Just to kind of get ahead of it. But now, like that, we're getting into them. I'm watching them again, like one at a time to really like digest them. So, yeah, I watched Jigsaw again today. So it's pretty fresh in my mind. Or I watched uh-huh. Saw again today. So it's pretty fresh in my mind. Uh-huh. The problem is that, like, have you ever seen the abominable Dr. Fives, Vincent Price from like the 70s? Yeah. So I think that that's what I think that's an inspiration of Wands in terms of making it. I don't know this for sure, but like, mm-hmm. The idea of the man that's been wronged by society and is driven to, like, ridiculous extremes to somehow find vengeance in places where maybe, like, there's not even anyone deserving of vengeance, but he's just, like, been driven so crazy by his desire for it that he can't help himself, right? hmm Which is an interesting character, but it's a villain. And I think that the problem with Saul is that they always paint... Saw so is a world where there, where no heroes exist, right? Mm-hmm. And if no heroes exist, then it's like, unless you're like the most nihilistic person, there's almost no purpose for the film to exist. Sure. And that's the problem: is that Abominable Dr. Fives is a good movie because even though there's some justification, Dr. Fives is still the fucking villain, you know. The Phantom of the Opera, even though he's like, the wrong party, is still the villain of that movie, you know? Yeah. You could find sympathy in a villain, but they still have to be a villain. And I think the problem with the Saw universe is they're always trying to paint this motherfucker as some kind of, like, almost, like, folk hero of some kind. Or, I don't know. Like, it's just bullshit.
0: It, it definitely gets to that point. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Like, here, just as a movie, like like, in this box, like, literally, of this room where you just know the Jigsaw set it up, I mean, I don't see why you anybody cares about these two characters. Like, I mean, like, one is a kind of narcissistic cheater, and the other one is a bottom feeder. Like, right. and um... So let so me what, so like... what is so I, I understand that it's like you know we're all fallible, right? Like and we can we can find sympathy or empathy for people that like you know make mistakes and stuff like that. But like neither of these characters are portrayed as anybody either like through the acting or through the writing, as like okay people who made mistakes or anything. They're just not very good people, either of them. Um, and it's not like it's a one time thing, they just don't seem like very good people in general in their lives. So I don't know why I'm rooting for them to escape other than just the horror that nobody should be put in the situation maybe, but it's like I don't really care that much um, and I don't care about necessarily their stories and it kind of makes it like it kind of to me, it's like the filmmakers are leaning towards Jig's what you're saying, Jigsaw being kind of the hero by making these terrible people suffer. Right. And some of that gets played out in future films and some of it doesn't, like it becomes inconsistent for different reasons like um, narrative and um, you know, uh, creative, but um, but yeah, I just don't understand, like watching it, I don't understand why I should care.
1: Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, and again, that's my point, is that we don't have a clearly defined villain, you can't have anyone that's a Mm -hmm. clearly defined like that can be your hero you know mm-hmm. like glover's a joke yes um the, but... the other problem too is that there's a really strange I, I don't know what it is with juan but there's a really strange like catholic guilt at the heart of everything that he does so okay is lawrence gordon like a good person no You know, he's an adulterer, and he's an egoist, and whatever. But is Lawrence Gordon, like, really a terrible person deserving of death? Well, no, he's not. Right. Like, even the fucking Adam character, I mean, he's a scumbag. And you can argue that, like, someone that makes their living, like, exposing the, you know, the moral flaws of others is somebody that isn't worthy of, like, your respect. But is he worthy of death? Like no. Sure, like, of course it's not. Right. Make, yeah. It's and if you use if, if I think if I feel like if you did it right, that's fine. Like then they're interesting characters, and Jigsaw is a good villain because he's the guy that um is going to these irrational extremes. You know, it's like mm-hmm. like we we spent We've spent dec- like decades, we've spent years now talking about decades of horror where we've talked about a lot of movies that are about some killer who's seeking like revenge for some perceived true. wrong in the past and killing yeah. people.
0: And, and Juan, I know, is um, having done research, is, is very influenced by Giallo movies. So, I mean, and that makes sense. Um, but like it's just true. in the sense of like uh, the, that story, right? The revenge story of somebody yeah. taking revenge, right?
1: The killer in the Giallo movie is never the, the hero. Like, you right. never root for You're always lunatic. And I think the problem with Juan is again, I think there's like a, a measure of Catholic guilt to everything he does where he feels like it's okay to like root for the punisher, you know, not Frank Castle punisher, but like, right, the, yeah. like punishing the wicked for their moral crimes. Cause that's what it always, most of the time, is, is like a crime of morality. Very rarely is he either morality or, um, abject, like, self righteousness, I guess, sort of. Like, the idea of somebody can be depressed. Oh, we well, don't appreciate your life. So let me put you in a situation where you can be gruesomely murdered, you know, mm-hmm. to a fact that, like, you shouldn't be so sad, you fucking, like, whiner. Like, I don't know. It's just super. But again, I think that's one of the problems with like the whole like incel philosophy of things that, yeah, you Chad, why can't you appreciate? Like, how can you be upset? Why can't you appreciate the fact that you can get all these beautiful women and do all mm-hmm. these things? I don't know. I just I, I feel like that's what's at the core of like the worship of these movies.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, but
1: I mean, so again, like I think the first forty minutes of Saw is really effective, and I think that even like the flashback stuff. Well, I find it grating at times. Like it's an interesting way to tell that story and to kind of build those two characters and slowly reveal to you like who they are. You know, sure. like I think it's done pretty well. But it's when it turns into like the big when it's like too many reveals and too many twists, and then I just get kind of like bored yeah, with it. Yeah,
0: because it just doesn't stop. It's like, you know, um, what what are those dolls? Um <clears throat> Russian dolls? That sting dolls. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um yeah, it's too much. And and I don't think it's confusing necessarily. I think it's like actually like a, like it's actually kind oh, of like a cheap cool. it's a cheap trick, I think, is right. like really what it is. Um to try to make the narrative more interesting by doing it that way. Yeah. Um, there's there's also I think production elements of that. It's like I know you talked about like the shakiness and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they filmed this in 18 days. No, oh, yeah. And um elvis uh, particularly only he did everything in 2 days all of his stuff so despite a fairly bad performance in certain aspects of this role um especially towards the end to me he i kind of have sympathy for him cuz he was basically yeah. like doing like well, was, he said it was between twelve and sixteen pages per day of dialogue um and then trying to hit those emotional depths in those two days like you know uh towards the end, so I have some sympathy for him overall um you know with that and the production they didn't put anything on a dolly, nothing like they were just ha- holding the camera so that they could move quickly and get it filmed in that time period um so some of the like the production elements and stuff like that I know is like you know because of the low budget and being rushed and the number of days and even some of the acting, right? Um could be influenced by that. It still doesn't make it good, but I can forgive a little bit more possibly like knowing that. But Elvis is Glover's really bad throughout the entire thing pretty much. Yeah. Um like everything but... he does is funny or just plain bad. <laughs> like dialogue, everything. Like like when he's like looking at the security cameras like, he's, he's, like, doing some kind of thing where he's, like, moving his head. Like, I, I, it's it's so weird. There's so many weird choices by Danny Glover in this.
1: There's a scene about, I don't know, 35 minutes into this movie where you see Danny Glover's backstory without knowing that that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's really, like, poorly executed. But it's basically, like, Dan, like, how Danny Glover, like, basically almost ended the Saw franchise you know, before it even started, but was a fuck up and whatever. Right. He got his bird slashed. Right. There's a scene where they make they're they're making the decision because his partner um just wants to shoot what ends up being Jigsaw coming into this room. He's like, I just want to shoot him. Then mm-hmm. he like, oh, we don't know it's him. Like let's 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 check it out. And he does this move where he moves from like being visible to hiding behind like a plastic curtain. And I swear to God, it's like watching like Scooby Doo, like creep away from a, yes. a, a a villain on the cartoon. He's like do 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 do, like where he's just like kind of like bunny hopping. it's yeah. like so. I I have always hated Cary Willis in this movie, and I really like Cary Willis as an actor for the uh-huh. most. Part. Watching it, I I realize that there's a point where you can tell that he's just done with like making this movie yeah he's actually pretty good it's weird because he's he's speaking in like a weird voice and I guess that's like the directorial choice to make him like talk like that mm-hmm. like that uh, uh, like yeah. he's tired and condescending a little bit but still like you know actively trying to find a solution to this unsolvable situation mm-hmm. and I don't think he breaks apart until about like, about that point in the movie too like where it just starts to get too much between him and the Adam yeah. in that room and oh there's a glowing X behind us Oh, like, <laughs> he thought of everything right Um but there's a line of dialogue he delivers that I actually not only found like kind of like well written so, which surprised me because I didn't remember it from before but pretty well delivered where he's like it's like the heart of being a surgeon because illness is the perfect machine and you have to find you have to appreciate it before you can like cure it and that's how he's like describing them getting out of the room Mm -hmm. and i thought like if that was like the intent and delivery of this movie which is to your point like a drawing room thing of like two men basically like my dinner with andre you know in hell right Mm -hmm.
2: like Mm -hmm. two
1: people like are they working together? Are they like against each other? They're matching wits at times. And then at other times they're like collaborating. And it's just like, that would have been super interesting. And that's what I think would have made saw a much better movie. And then it turns into, you know, again, like some fucking Scooby-Doo caper with like cartoon Glover there at like the helm. And it just falls apart. And it's not a very interesting movie anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, again, as a conceit, I think that Saw is brilliant. And I, I really yeah. think that a lot of that stuff is amazingly conceived. And I would love to see it. I want to see 20 years from now Saw remade. Because that's inevitable, right? Like, sure, boot the franchise and start it over. With a really talented director who under... You know, like... Um, uh, Eggers, you know, and um, Eggers is never going to remake Salt, but a guy like that that understands the horror of like the interaction of two people and mm-hmm. in, in situation can be like more horrifying than like any like monster or anything. That's the person that needs to remake that movie because I think it's a great concept,
0: mm-hmm. you know. Sure, yeah. Ellis is that final scene. Of him trying to get to the phone and cutting cutting himself at the ankle and the screaming and the intensity in the eyes, and like him like the dialogue that he's saying and how he says it as he's trying to show this manic, crazed fear i every time I, it's like cringeworthy to me like it's it's super embarrassing. It's super embarrassing, and I think the filmmaking doesn't help it either Um, with some of, like, it's, like, remember when we talked about, like, War of the Worlds, and he's doing, like, Spielberg's doing much more classical filmmaking, but it's, like, the shots themselves, like, the boy throwing the baseball, and it goes through the window, and he has to show you, like, from inside the house, the broken window, and crew standing alone, and it's, like, okay, we get it, Steven, like, you know... Um, broken family, broken relationship. It's like some of the shots in this by like the way that they do, like the low angle on Elvis's face while he's has the rag in his mouth that he's used to tie himself off. Like, and it's like, the, like he's showing like all oh, his eyes all wide and he's all crazy. It's like, okay, we got it. Like, right. and it's just too much. It's like, they just keep trying. Juan is just like overdoing it in a lot of ways, like in his filmmaking and his shot choice. Um, now, small room, I get you're cramped and like, but it's like, it, it's, it's kind of
1: hackneyed. It is hackneyed, but it's also the dude made one movie before that, right? Sure, like, sure. You know, I think that can be overwhelming at times for yeah. probably, especially when you're working with like experienced yeah. people. I mean, because you listed, you know, Glover. It was, but it's also um, the guy that would go on to play Ben Linus and Lost is there, there Emerson, yeah. Mm-hmm. The guy that played um, Aceveda in a uh, yeah um,
0: Benito Martinez, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the shield is in there. Mm-hmm. So there's like definitely like all these people that are legitimate actors. Yeah, and this guy, this what like 25 years old or something, sure reckon, first movie. So yeah, you know I get that. But I don't know that he ever improves because I don't know that I feel like yeah any of the conjuring movies or anything else. I yeah. Maybe Fast Seven is his best movie, but um
0: not Aquaman. Um <clears throat> sorry.
1: No, I can't I, I don't know. I'll never watch an Aquaman movie that seems super boring to me.
0: <laughs> so one of the other things I wanted to, two two things I wanna bring up here and they both kind of like revolve around filmmaking here is one this is our first introduction um into the podcast to kevin Groenart, um and uh he shows up later but like right now he is just the editor of this movie sorry i mispronounced the name here it's grotert Kevin Grotert. He's the <laughs>
1: editor. Um, somehow even worse. <laughs> he went from sounding like a barbarian in like an 80s like sci-fi flick to, I don't know, some disease you get in your anus.
0: Yes, right. You know. <laughs> um, this fucking
1: Grotert.
0: He's the editor of this movie. And I think this is probably my least favorite aspect of this movie visually, even beyond some of the decisions that Juan makes, is which I can forgive. Um but the editing of this is so over the top. Like I hate the transitions and the flashbacks. I hate, um, the fast forward jerkiness of like emulating like a Jacob's ladder type thing at times, yeah. like with the screen, I hate the over, like the overexposing that happens, um, which I think is done probably in post rather than like, you know, um, during filming. Um, um, I it's just infuriating and then that leads into the other thing I want to talk about which is also kind of editing is this kind of usual suspects which they they continue in the other movies this kind of usual suspects esque like ending reveal and like the 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 quick cuts between like you know things that happened previously or scenes you hadn't previously seen that kind of fill in a gap and it's like this big reveal and then there's the slow mo, but quick cuts, and it's like and it's that slow mo of Jigsaw rising up and everything. And it's it's infuriating to me. Oh, it's terrible, yeah. To watch these movies because of that. And it doesn't get much better. And then it's like one of his characters like trapped and their heads like shaking like in a trap or something like that. It's like I think he does it with Shawnee Smith, right? In this one with the, when she when it flashes back to her having the face mask on. Um I think there's a shaking of the head or something like that. Oh, no,
1: buddy. Dude, there's a 360 fucking pan <laughs> right. around her going like full Jacob Slatter in that chair mm. to illustrate the horror of the dawning of her situation on her. Right. And her struggle to live. I mean, it's very like pretentious in the most banal way possible. I guess yeah. I don't know. It's terrible.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah, ultimately, I, I like, the, all of it leads to melodrama to me. The acting, the directing, the um, editing, like, all of it, it just feels very melodramatic in, like, all the worst ways.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Terrible. Yeah. Um, but I also, so, okay. Yeah. so let me, yeah, let me defend with faint praise, I guess. Uh-huh. This movie is what it's two thousand four, right? So they're filming it in two thousand three, right? And there's no real, there's no real precedent in like fifteen years for what they're what they're doing, which is again like a hard R mainstream R release that's aimed at like adults. You Mm -hmm. know, it's not trying to get in like the fifteen and sixteen year old crowd. Like it's trying to be an adult movie, right? Mm-hmm. And these are people that are like MTV generation talent. Sure. Like they yeah. grew up watching like music right. videos and they probably saw like, oh, what's the name of that fucking guy? He directed all those REM videos, like Tarseem, right? He, like, oh, they yeah, grew yeah. Up yeah, like, yeah, I think that is right. Yeah. Videos,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And they're like, yeah, this is so cool. And so that's like, you know, whatever. I just, then this thing's awful. Like yeah. it's really poorly done and, it ends up feeling, like, really lame as you tar-seem,
0: watch it. Tarseem Singh, yep. Yeah. You got it?
1: Oh, I know my... Uh, you know your REM I videos? Need. I do. That's me in the corner, buddy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, one of the things... Uh, I, I, I So, here here's a question that's maybe a silly question. I, I tried to figure out, like, through research, how long they're in this room. And there was a pro- production like a, a a production for a 14 minute fake documentary about the saw the first saw killings like the jigsaw killings that was produced leading into the second movie it's about like 14 minutes long and in that they people have estimated that it's roughly about 18 hours that the emerson character held Lawrence Gordon's family hostage. So we have to figure that it's at least 18 hours that they're in this room, roughly, I think. Together. um, Gordon and Adam or whatever.
1: Yeah, okay, sure.
0: Do you think Jigsaw, like, Jigsaw, wouldn't Jigsaw have the piss or something like that at some point in 18 hours, you think? No,
1: bro, he's the ultimate, like, I don't know, I don't even want to talk about that. Like, that annoys the that- shit out of me. So,
0: Like, he's just laying there the entire time?
1: Right. Still, in one direction, without moving a single muscle. Right. So, Do you
0: think he gave himself some sort of, like, tranquilizer that, like, knocks him out for, like, so many hours? No, I
1: think his hatred just keeps him still. It's the, <laughs> it's the power of his fucking will. Gotcha. And desire for, like, moral... Revenge. Desire to live? Yeah, with while still giving, like, them the chance to redeem themselves in his eyes without like anything
2: yeah um, my
1: so my one of my biggest problems with all of that is you have to believe so there's always a certain like suspension of disbelief in any horror movie just because whatever like they're usually somewhat unbelievable whether they're supernatural or you're just supposed to believe that, like, one person could, like, murder so many people in rapid succession without anyone stopping them, right? hmm But, like, with a good horror movie, you can suspend your disbelief and, like, enjoy the movie still. You're supposed to believe that little fucking ass Zed, Zeb or whatever, the orderly, was able to coordinate with Ultra Sick on his deathbed jigsaw. Kidnapping the family, keeping the family, setting everything up, planning Jigsaw in the room, logging the room, taking two grown men and arranging them in a manner that, it, like, immediately, like, you know, like, perfectly has to work where Adam wakes up and drains the bathtub and lets the key go down because, like, it has to, he has to move in just the right direction. There's so many mm-hmm. stupid things mm-hmm. that have to be done exactly right. And have had all the time to set all this up beforehand where everything can be filmed and watched and do it under what you find out is the ever watchful eye of fucking crazy ass Danny Glover in a room across the street. So all those things happen yes. with Danny Glover watching him constantly, you know, like it's mm-hmm. it makes mm-hmm. no sense. And it's so stupid. And. I would forgive it a hundred percent if it was like just a little better executed at times, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't even I wouldn't even care about the inconsistencies. Cause there's plenty of movies that we love that have like glaring inconsistencies in terms sure. of like time or whatever. But you don't think about it because you're get so invested in the movie. But here I feel like There's so much of this, like, bullshit that just, like, pulls you out of, I don't know. And then maybe that's, like, credit to the younger generation who maybe they just don't care. Maybe they can just invest in, you know, the idea of it and be okay with, like, letting their mind go or whatever and ignoring, like, everything wrong with something just because they like the small things that are right. I don't know. Like, more credit.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But anyway.
0: (laughs) Another thing I wanted to do when talking about these movies is go through the traps one by one and get your general thoughts on these. Um, So before we do that, though, let's just preface. um, How do you feel about this idea of the traps in general? Like, so we understand the bias that might come in here.
1: Um. I think it's conceit that plays itself out pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Like, there's only so many iterations of my head is stuck in something that you can do. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, agreed. In the context of this movie, I think they're fine. Like, I think they don't do it much. I like the idea of the... So, the idea of the trap being the whole room, like this almost like proto-escape room thing, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is brilliant. Right? Yes. Like to me, that is. Yeah.
0: So that's the, that's called the, the, they, they've named all these, right? Like the, the fans, like the, and they become like, you know, things. So it's like there are definitive names for these. So this is the bathroom trap. That's the main trap of this game. Like, um, it's called the bathroom trap. And you yeah. like that one, right? Like,
1: because it's psychological and cerebral. Yes. Yep. And not just like a set piece of like, rub- like, Anti Rube Goldberg, almost. You know what I mean, like yeah. or whatever you want to call it. But yeah I, yeah, I I think that's brilliant and exactly the thing that you know that would make this movie work if the movie was a little better. And works for forty minutes, even sure. though it's like not really well acted or directed. Like, still holds your attention. Yeah, I swear to God, it's like forty three minutes and forty seconds when this movie falls apart.
0: <laughs> I no, I, I agree I like the I like the bathroom trap I like the idea of two guys chained you know one has to kill the other I, I like all that like you said it's a very psychological thing connected to that in this is uh, what's called Zeb Hiddles test which is the Emerson character this is the idea that he has a slow acting poison he has to complete this thing um, in order to get the anecdote which is kidnapping and killing the family if need be um and watching over like the game and everything. So <clears throat> that's considered like one of like the traps in this is the is the poison anecdote thing um which they end up reusing later. Um how do you feel about this like DOA-esque like story of like the poison in the system?
1: This is another reason why this movie falls apart and it's not a good movie to me is that how can jigsaw be even an anti-hero? when he's willing to sacrifice innocence to make a point like what point are you making at that point if you're willing to kill the mother and daughter who have not have done nothing wrong right. or whatever like even in like the context of the movie they're shown to be basically like saints almost mhm um mhm
0: yeah, yeah no, I, 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 I i think i think i think is, the, I think the... I think the fact that it's like he's poisoning people and has antidote, antidotes um, is uh,
1: dumb. Yeah, but he does that. I mean, it's like pretty consistent throughout the movie. Yeah. The idea of like the um, whatever, like the poison and the antidotes. Yeah.
2: So um, it's, I it's, also, I,
1: but again, like I, I hate the character of Zeb and I hate that whole setup. So to yeah. me. That quote unquote trap is just lame. Like it's just really yeah. dumb. Um, I would, I would, I would like it better. And I think this is something they do in the second movie a little bit, in the third movie especially. I like the idea more of like the acolyte, like almost like this is like the Sith apprentice kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, rather than him being like forced into it through. Because then he's a terrible character. But then you're, what are you supposed to feel sympathy because he was just like in the same position or something yeah, like Yeah, and we
0: and we never find out about Zeb Zepp like uh, in terms of like did he do something that where he deserved this? Like I we like it's not really none of it's very clear. Um He's just
1: an Aussie sycophant. I think that's what he did.
0: Yeah. Um so not really a trap but they do consider it a trap for this um when it's like listed in lists. Uh is the quadruple shotgun hallway trap is the name of it which is what kills the ken Young character um uh, danny glover's partner um and that's just like a trap that was a, a security device or something like that right like i mean yeah. so i i'm fine with that like i guess like i mean in tripwires that's off shotgun or whatever like yeah,
1: that's short funny. makes sense that's, um, that's Goonies level right <laughs>
0: right yeah uh data is falling yeah um then there are four other traps that are shown in this game. So the first is the razor wire maze. Um, this is shown in partial flashback, but most more of it, the aftermath of this is shown. And this is where some guy is put um, in, like mostly naked, into like this fenced in area with razor wire, and there's a maze, and he has two hours to get to the end of it to get out. What do you think of the razor wire maze?
1: Um, it doesn't make any sense, considering that his crime was self-harm. Mm-hmm. So you put him in a position to self-harm. I mean, it's just dumb. It's, like, what? logically, it makes no sense. And it's a really uneventive, or un- unimaginative, like, trap, I guess. Yeah,
0: I think they thought it looked cool, like, visually. Like, with all, like, the silver, like, going all over the place. And that's it. Um.
1: Well, because he, he cutting himself so deep, his stomach acids on the floor. Ugh.
0: Right. <laughs> um then there's the flammable jelly. And this trap is a guy who is naked in a dark room. He has a small candle and he's covered in a flammable substance all over his his naked body. Um and that there is <laughs> God, it's so complex. And he's poisoned and there's an antidote in a safe and written all these numbers are written on the wall and one of the numbers is a combination and he has to use the candle to go to the wall and look for the numbers to enter into the safe with the risk of setting himself on fire. What do you yeah, think of the flammable is... jelly trap.
1: And because he was committing like mild insurance fraud right. and pretending to be more hurt than he was, but he was going out and enjoying himself. <laughs> right. I feel like I feel like James Wan like had to cover a couple shifts that like the in and out Burger, because somebody said they were sick and they weren't. <laughs> and like, this is, like, <laughs> fetish, like, revenge fantasy. Right. Um, I think it's stupid. Yes. I don't know.
0: Wait, It was so intricate. It makes no... It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Yeah. Um, I hate the intricate traps, like, the ones that have, like, fucking, like, too many moving pieces to them, like, you know, Um, and I hate, like, the... Like, so, let's see, there's two more here. There's the reverse bear trap. This is the one that the Amanda Young character, played by Shawnee Smith, like you know, ends up escaping. Where she's like, whatever, like the re- the reverse. What is it? Uh, it's like it's just a big fucking like thing strapped to her head that's going to rip her fucking face open.
1: Wired into her jaws, right?
0: right her upper right. jaw and her lower jaw, right? So it's just going to like rip her, rip her open at the jaws. Um. Rip her head open, killer Like, if she can't get it opened in time with the key, and the key is what this is the one where it's like in the guy's the it's guy is
1: the corpse in the room with you, it's in his right, stomach. but it's not a
0: corpse, right? He's actually right. just been drugged and he's actually still awake the entire time. So, when she stabs into him to get the fucking key, he wakes up and, like, oh, like, um, this fucking device is dumb. I hate it.
1: Yeah, it's really I I don't even like the way it looks because it doesn't look like it would work the way they say it would work mm-hmm. without like causing grievous injury to the person anyway. That's the other thing too that I hate about like the jigsaw trap conceit is the idea that sometimes there's no way for a person to do it without dying. And actually, like, and I don't want to like spoil too much, but in the third movie. That's an interesting point where Jigsaw almost says that's right. one of the reasons why there's like a split between him and his protege because yeah. there should be a way for that person to escape, right? And if you're setting it up where there is no way for them to escape, then you're defeating the purpose of the trap itself. But like, all he does is put like right. make those traps.
0: Well, it's like so. Then there's the last one, right? The the, the drill chair tra- chair trap.
1: <laughs> This is Miley's favorite.
0: Yeah, this no, it's right. There. Well, it's like he's basically what has like 20 seconds to like get the fuck out before these drills like just like this is when he's like tied down, he can't move and two drills are on the side of his head and it's like it's the it's the most uh like like low-cost DIY, I guess, maybe one, but it's like um but it's like they're just going to drill into his head if he doesn't like get the fucking if he doesn't get himself out. Like um dumb doesn't feel like it's enough time and i think with these really intricate traps like like the especially like the the reverse bear trap if you even the razor wire trap if you were going to all this like you're you're just a fucking sadistic bastard if you were going to all this time to set these things up and create these things like that means on your mind this entire time is oh i'm gonna make this thing in order to like kill like like test these people, like there's no morality, like there there's no morality there. Like yeah. oh, I'm going to try to save these people. It's like you're 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 focused on the harm and the torture that you can put them through. Well, towards.
1: I mean, the stupidity of the entire movie <laughs> is in one line where Danny Glover says, "Well, technically," or no, I'm sorry, Kerry Ulis says, "Technically, he's never killed anyone because they have a chance to save themselves or they kill themselves." Well, no. He murdered them just yes. in a really, like, roundabout and long-winded way. Like, right. he's just an asshole. Right, yes. He's not even, like, scary. He's just a dick. Right. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I've only watched the first three Saw movies. Um, uh-huh. I've not watched Beyond That yet. I'm trying to yeah. watch them now to really have, like, a visceral reaction to them so we can talk about them and I'm not just, like, right. numb to the fact that I'm watching these shit movies. Yeah. Um. Oh my god, let me tell you the casual beating is hilarious for this movie. Yeah. I, I just want to tell you,
2: yeah,
1: because um, it is like literally like there's a movie that has like literally the most casual beating. Like anyway, um, again, I, I don't know like how and, and any other way to say it, but I think that I think there are ideas in this movie that are absolutely perfect in terms of like the way that he conceives them and if you just think about it, the way that it, like, should play out, and then he just ruins it with his execution. I don't know. And maybe part of that is just he's young, young and experienced director, doesn't know what he's doing. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just not a good movie. I never, I did not understand the love for this movie when it came out. I've maybe softened to it a little bit more, just by the fact that I've watched it so many times now, but I still don't think it's good, and I don't think that from, like, if you're talking about, like, the canon of horror films, like, from an objective standpoint, I don't think it belongs in, like, the top 50, you know. Maybe top 100, but even then, I think I could probably find another 100 horror movies that are more worthy, but from a influence standpoint, and importance standpoint, it's probably, like, one of the five most important horror movies of the past like twenty five years, I would say. Sure, yeah. maybe like top two or top three.
2: Yeah,
0: I I would really be interested like to hear people that haven't seen it in a long time um, reevaluate this movie and go back and watch it because I hadn't seen it, I don't think, since the theater, uh, or not, maybe not even the theater. I guess like I saw two, I saw in the theater. I don't even think I saw saw one in the theater. It was probably on home video, but um. DVD or something, but but going back and watching it, and then forcing myself to watch it twice, like it's it's not a very good movie. Um, uh, and I honestly thought it was funnier when I was younger. Like I thought there was more to laugh at. I I didn't find too much to laugh at, like this time around. It's it's,
1: well, the the Disney Club stuff is hilarious. Yes, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Like when he's like and like bunny hopping like behind that oh my god, I laughed so hard. Like tonight.
0: Yeah, yeah, Danny Glover's funny, but I don't find I even I I can't even laugh at Elvis anymore. Like, you know, where where I did it first, like the first time I ever saw it, like the ending um is just kind of again cringy now. And um and for a guy that I like as as a certain type of actor, um, yeah, just kinda sad. All right, so next month we will be back with um, Saul 2 and 3 in the same episode as we continue um, the discovery of who Jigsaw is in those movies and um, introduce a protege into the story. Um, So we'll be back then with uh, those two movies. Thanks for listening, everybody. Awesome. Deuces.